listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Well, it's great to be together, and uh, as Nadia and, and Danny said, so awesome to have you here, especially for your first time. What an honour to have you part of Life this morning, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. We are, if you haven't yet realised, but we are one church, but we're based in two countries. And we've got four campuses, and uh, it's just exciting to see what God is doing. And here in Melbourne, we have been going now for about five years, but collectively life uh, is 27 years old, I think it is, or 28 this year, uh, which is exciting. Pastor Paul's birthday, 60. We're going to be celebrating that in like two weeks' time, or is it two weeks or next week? In a month. In a month. Okay, in a month. (laughs) Yeah, it's this year, this year, uh, which is going to be cool. He's going to have his birthday, and then the next Sunday he's going to be with us, which is going to be really, really cool. So, um, but uh, what God is doing across life um, through the faithfulness uh, and through the heart of people to say, you know what, we don't want to just live for what we can obtain in our own strength and do in our own ability. We want to be a part of what God's doing. It's just extraordinary what's taking place. And I love these legacy updates because every time we see them, it just keeps reminding me of and enlarging me for what God has in store as we continually follow and pursue God for what He's doing here in Melbourne. And so we're going to click over to the screens and just uh, watch this presentation and see the update uh, for, for today. Hey, a big welcome to our first Legacy Update for 2019. It's almost beyond our ability to imagine when I think about all that's taken place since our last update in October and certainly since our Legacy Month back in June last year. I know for many of us, it's been such a huge season. In fact, for Marie and I, it's been bigger and more challenging than ever before. But we wanna say a personal thank you to each one of you from every campus and those joining us online for the part that you are playing to see what God has entrusted for us to carry here at Life. A lot of us will know that Legacy is our annual offering through which many of us are investing into our growing community vision. It's how we fund our kingdom initiatives, both nationally and globally. And it continues to be an instrument in seeing our life facilities paid for. To find out more about our Legacy story, why don't you go online, have a look at our webpage and check out the video content from June last year. In fact, it was only a few months ago we were standing on this very spot with an unfinished stage, framework for the walls, but such an insurmountable amount of work that had to be completed before we opened the doors. And yet, by God's grace and your support, surrounded with a fully committed team working literally around the clock, our dedication service went ahead as planned and marked the start of a whole new chapter. In fact, the opening weekend, we had close to 9,000 people come out from the dedication service on Friday, the open community day on Saturday, and then Sunday services finishing with an auditorium packed for Hillsong's Young and Free. Just two weeks after being in the new building, we then launched our Christmas Spectacular and saw again more than 5,000 people come out in three shows and many of them making a decision for Christ. In fact, the reports back from Melbourne, it was our best ever. And I believe that we are beginning to see something where God is doing His part beyond what we've ever seen before. Another significant first at the end of last year was our soup kitchen dinner. 
Uh, many of you may know we have now four soup kitchens through different parts of Auckland. And just before Christmas, we brought together the families that come to the soup kitchens from all four locations and had a huge celebration dinner at the Vodafone Event Centre in Monaco. That night, we saw more than 1,100 people come enjoying the meal and more than 175 volunteers from life and our community working together. To top it off, every family went home with one of our Christmas boxes and the kids, more than 660, all got a prezi from the Christmas tree. One extended family of 19 we spoke to on the night said that they hadn't been able to celebrate Christmas together simply due to the size of their family. But you see, what happens is people come together not just around a meal, but in a community. And that's what I love about what God is doing through the soup kitchens. In fact, the many testimonies that keep coming up are simply moving. And I wanted to share this next story with you about this special family living in South Auckland. My name is Seattle Manu Lomir, um, 33-year-old Samoan here living in Otar. And um, this is my wife, Verotia Lomir. Been married for six years. Yes, six years. Yeah, been together for, since high school. 18. Yeah. We have five kids? Five huh? kids. Four, 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 sorry, four, sorry, four. <laughs> The gates closed. <laughs> yeah. We enrolled um, our daughter at this um, LA dance group, and it was through them we heard about the soup kitchen. Um, it wasn't from the media or anything, but it was through um, word of mouth. It takes a lot of, um, I don't know, pressure, I guess, um, to provide dinner for your family. You know, one day off is, means a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, you got bills and you got this and that to pay, and you, you might have some family things as well. And then you just added stress sort of thing, you know, just thinking of what to cook, you know, or we've got to go do some shopping and everything. But just having the soup kitchen there as well was, it took a load off you. But at the same time, meeting these people there, because these, these people, they, I mean, for me, I, I see them all the time, hey, these guys are, I don't know, church members, you know, people that go to the same dairy, and you never get to know their names, mm. you never get to talk to them properly and you meet them, then you, you know, oh, there's a familiar face sort of thing. There's, um, there was a man I met there. He stays probably five, six houses away from our family house. I went to school with his son, but he's lived there all his life. And it was just good meeting him and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. we used to catch the bus back to school. I think it's, it's awesome just to bring our community in together for a meal. You feel welcome. We need more suppliers like that around Auckland in general um, because the cost of living in Auckland is, is pretty hard. The struggle is real and to have something like the soup kitchen that's provided by the Life Church is, is awesome. I, I just actually want to say thank you um, to church, uh, to Life Church for, for making this possible. They took a load off us even for that one day a week. So just want to say thank you to everybody and looking forward to the next one, I guess. Yeah, God bless. You know, it's stories like this that highlight why we unashamedly are committed to legacy. We are announcing new plans to start a fifth soup kitchen. And together we can meet the real needs in our community. To update you on the goal 
of 3,000 legacy partners made up of 300 Gideons and then 2,700 builders, we currently are sitting at 138 Gideons and 2,010 builders. If you're new to life, you might go, what's that all about? It's people that are committing to see this miracle take place. And if individually we say yes to what God wants us to do, as we keep on saying, we're gonna see what God wants to do. Our faith goal is 45 million and you may go, wow, that's impossible. No, that would enable us to pay off all of our Auckland facilities and then be positioned to make an annual commitment to $20 million worth of community impact every single year. And currently towards this overall goal of 45 million, we have a total given and pledged to legacy currently of 26.8 million. That's a wow figure. We've still got a long way to go, but God's touching the hearts of people. And out of that 26.8 million, we have 12.4 that has come in. Yes, we're believing for every person who's made a pledge to see that pledge fulfilled and others to come and join us. So if you're not already part of the Legacy family, but would like to be part of literally a supernatural season of time, then you can do one of three things. One would be to fill out the Legacy envelope that's in the seat pocket in front of you. Secondly, check out the webpage for further details or email our General Manager, Paul Schnell, for anything specific. You know, I'm believing that this year we will be saturated in the supernatural, that we will see things happen in our here and now that we've only ever dreamed about. I'm believing for countless numbers of people to collide with Jesus and for miracles across the city to take place that can only happen because of the greatness of God. Let's all, every part of life, continue to be expectant. It's so easy to see the challenge is too big, the mountain to be too high. And when we look at what's in our hands, it seems so small. But a faith-filled believer together with God's initiative can see miracles happen. And I'm believing that everything God has promised will take shape. Amazing. Come let's really thank God for what's taking place. Come on, for where we are at already and what is to come. I love it. Absolutely amazing. And it's just exciting to see that uh, there's expansion all around us. Amazing things are happening everywhere, and we are a part of it. We are enabling it. We are seeing it take place. And through our faithfulness, thanks so much, Juanita, through our faithfulness and through our obedience to what God has put in our heart, man, we are seeing awesome stuff happen, just amazing stuff happen. So I wanted to encourage us just where we're at in regards to Melbourne and our legacy contribution, uh, just incredibly uh, amazed at just how God has spoken to us and we responded last year in June entering into July in regards to what we were going to pledge and commit as a church uh, over the next 12 months and we saw a total commitment of, it'll come up on the screen, but of 702,000, uh, $346,000 committed towards our legacy over this last or this current 12-month period, which is amazing. It was done through 154 giving units or families and individuals and couples and to date, uh, we've already seen 359,910.57 cents come in of that total, which is fantastic. It's amazing. 
And uh, so that equates to about 51%. And just want to say thank you on behalf of Nadia and I, Pastor Paul and Marie, and say thank you for being faithful with what God put in your heart. Thank you for believing God for it, for stepping out in faith in it, for being diligent with what you were entrusted in your heart to see fulfilled. And really want to encourage all of us, let's continually be praying, but practically doing what's required, what's needed for us by the end of June to come on, not see a 51 or a 61 or a 71, but let's believe, come on, that everything that God put in our heart, come on, we're going to be able to see outwork through our hand. And I'd love to believe, come on, that we are, and I know that we are, we're that kind of church where it's just like, you know what, if God spoke it, then we're in it and we're going to believe Him for it, but we're not just going to sit there and just wait for it to drop out of the sky. Come on, we're going to make a way. We're going to get creative. We're going to work harder. We're going to pick up what we need to do to make it possible. And so just amazing to see what's happening and great things are happening because of that. And so excited that in a couple of weeks, we are going to have our life festival again. So we've moved it from October to March and really excited about that. Going to be on a Saturday, which simply means it's available for more people to be there. Uh, that's the whole intention is that Friday was always limited, but Saturday is unlimited in regards to families and people and those in the community coming. And so encourage you, 23rd of March, Saturday the 23rd, put that in your calendar. From 11 till 4, we are going to have an incredible festival together that we bring in and we invite the community to a place where they're going to be, come on, love. They're going to have a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of good times for the family. And, uh, and we get to show them what skin on looks like, what hands and feet living looks like, which is cool. So... I've got something that stirred in my heart this morning that I would love to, um, to preach on. And I want to preach it on a, a, uh, basically the thought, a legacy lived life. A legacy lived life. Uh, we're talking about legacy and, uh, and so what better time than to put a big LED screen on stage and let's talk about this topic called legacy. Who loves the idea of a legacy? You know what, I don't think there's anybody that wants to get to the end of their life and go, you know what, I've got nothing to leave. It all ends with me. There's no more for no one else. It doesn't extend to any further. It just is right here, right now. I think that we are all created with a desperate desire to leave a legacy. But to leave a legacy, who knows? We've got to live a legacy. You can't leave something you don't live. That's right. I wrote this thought down. I thought the seeds of our lives cannot produce something that they themselves are not. The seeds of my life cannot produce something that they themselves are not. And basically what I'm saying is an apple tree cannot produce oranges. doesn't matter how much the orange apple tree wants oranges, it can't produce oranges because it's an apple tree. And it's the same for us. It's amazing how over this last 12 months, thinking about it, the number of people I've talked to have said, even within a family context, I want my kids to grow up in church. I want them to have these values. I want them to be surrounded by these kind of people. I want them to have this kind of friends. But then they fail to even put themselves in church themselves. So how do you think that's going to happen? Oh, no, no, but it was a sunny day and we, we decided that we'd go to the beach. Cool, go to, go to have, have a great time. What's the next weekend? Oh, no, but we had a family lunch and we had to prepare. Okay, that's cool. Next weekend, well, sport just started back up again, and, you know, we've got to have sport, and I, I believe in that too, so why not the 5.30 service? Oh, well, you know, it's tired, they've got school, and, okay, that's cool. And every week, and then all of a sudden, they get to 14, 15, and we wonder why they're not the seeds that we want them to be, it's because they're just going to simply represent the life that I raise them up in. Can I just encourage you, the kids' ministry is not here to raise our children. Epic on a Friday night are not here to see your teenagers become incredible Christians. Although they want to set up an environment to have great friends and partner with them, it starts and it is required in our family home environment. Then the church gets to partner and we get to 
get alongside that and champion that as well and keep doing it together. But come on, do not negate the responsibility we have, come on, to raise and to release and to be what God wants to do. I want to encourage us that leaving a legacy has nothing to do with possessions. I very rarely will ever talk about legacy and not talk about my grandma. I will use this little prop. This is the possession I have from my grandma. My grandma died just over a year ago, and she is a hero of the faith to me, absolute hero in my life. This is the only possession I have from her. It's her cookie jar. (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason why. She said, you know what, when I go, give Craig the cookie jar. It's not about earthly possessions, but it's about eternal promises. It's about eternal promises. The life that I am living right now is because of the life that she lived. She was widowed three times. Never once did she deny that God is a good God, that God has got a plan, that God has got a purpose in everything, that He can turn all things around for good. He never, she never once blamed God, never once told her kids, you know what, God's mean and He's harsh and He does bad things. Never once was there an utterance that, come on, God's to blame. No, simply God is good. He's good. Stuff happens we don't understand. Yes, stuff happens, but come on. She stayed faithful in the house. Come on now, she's got, you know, there's things going on that she has now a wider influence of three separate different families that are all now one big family because she chose to keep embracing and loving and including and nurturing. I'd rather live on the promises of the generations gone before than the possessions of what's gone before. It's not about possessions. It's about the promise that God has. So if we're going to live one, sorry, if we're going to leave one, we've got to live one. Pastor Paul, I love how he puts things. He puts it like this. Legacy invests the here now response for a future kingdom outcome. It invests a here now response. What I'm going to leave isn't going to happen one day. It starts right here, right now. What am I doing that creates? What am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my talents? What am I doing with my finance? What am I doing with my family? What am I doing with my faith? These are all things that we need to be looking at. And we ask ourselves the question, what amount of our lives has an eternal impact? It's a big question. What amount of my life has an eternal impact? Or will it get to the end and it does stop just with me? So here, I want to talk about some qualities of a legacy lived life. Qualities of a legacy lived life. Number one, a legacy lived life is a faithful life. It's a faithful life, not just faithful, but a faithful life. Like it's full of faith. Like the life that we live is full of faith. Hebrews 11 talks about the fact that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.1 then says, Now uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. So what it's saying is faith is what moves the heart of God and therefore enables the hand of God. Faith is critical to our everyday life. So the question isn't, do you have a faith? The question is, are we living in faith? Because most people in this room will have a faith. And if you don't yet know Jesus and you haven't yet been introduced to the greatest relationship of all, if you don't yet know what it is to be insurmountably, overwhelmingly, incredibly touched by God who created you and purposed you and, and designed you and has a plan for your life and wants to restore the old things and make you new and wipe away the shame and the guilt of your past, that you can have a brand new future, 
And the good news is, is that's available for you right here, right now. And before we go, we're going to declare and we're going to pray for people to know Jesus for themselves. Your own personal decision. No one's going to make you do it, but I know there today are people that are going to get right with God. But the question is, is then when you make that decision, do we just have a faith or do we live a life of faith? Because they look very, very different. Come on, are you with me? They look very, very different. We want to be people who live a life of faith. See, living a life of faith isn't just for a certain area, but it's for every single area. Come on, faith in every single area. God leading us in our marriages. God helping us raise our kids. God equipping us in our professions. He's directing us in our universities, strengthening us in our high schools, setting things apart, unlocking creative ideas, giving insight where we didn't inherit it through experience, opening doors. Come on, giving us wisdom where we don't really know how to get it. God, faith in every single area. Faith in every single area. See, the heroes of the Bible, whose legacy we live in today, they lived by faith. They lived by faith. Hebrews 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, but he still speaks loud today. That's the incredible thing about a legacy is that when we're gone, it's still going. Come on, when we're done, it's still alive. It's still moving. It's still touching hearts. It's still changing lives. Hebrews eleven seven says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen. Here we go. Not yet experienced. They didn't know what line looked like. They didn't know what a boat looked like. But that's the, that's the creative empowerment of God and faith that He wants to do in our life is He wants to equip us for what is yet to come. He wants to prepare you, although everyone would say, He's a fool. Faith doesn't declare fool. Faith declares a God outcome where no one else can see it. Hebrews eleven eight by faith, Abraham. He obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as his inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Come on, by faith, by faith, by faith. Come on, if the life that we're living is not bigger than us, then it's definitely not big enough for God. Come on, if it's not big enough for you, if if you're not freaking out, if you're not wondering where God's going to show up, if you're not thinking of, oh God, if you don't, then I'm telling you, it's probably a little bit too much in your own hands and you've got to get faith. Come on, you've got to get out of the boat. You've got to take a step into something new. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. So I actually no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And now the life I live in the body, come on, I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who gave Himself for me. I love this. I love it. The life I live, I live in faith. I live in faith. I live in faith. I'm involving Him day in, day out. I'm starting my day. God, lead me in my decisions. It's not complicated. God doesn't want you to have a complicated life. He wants you to have a faith-filled life, which means it's actually very uncomplicated. Just invite Him on in. Just start your day with God. You know what's ahead of me? I don't yet, but can you help me? Can you lead me? Can you speak to me? Can you encourage me? Come on, when that word comes or that insecurity rises up, just help me deny that. Let me stay in your truth. Let me believe what you've got in store, not what I can see in the natural. It's not complicated. God doesn't want to hide himself from us. He wants to reveal himself to us. So come on, we just got to live in faith. I love that we are a faithful church. Come on, we are desperately dependent on God. Come on, the things that we have in our heart for him to fulfill through this uh, church right here, through you and I. Seriously, they're big dreams. 
their big dreams. We see multiple campuses. We see this place packed out on Friday nights. We see sick people being healed. We see wheelchairs emptied on altars. We see businesses starting, employing people from the community, restoring them, giving them dignity and sending them back out again. We see so much that's taking place. We've got so much in our heart. But I'm telling you, it doesn't come just by hoping and just by settling in ourselves. No, it comes by taking steps of faith. Come on, God is going to invite us as a church to take big steps of faith. Big steps of faith. But I love that He is faithful. Let's just be the faith. Let Him be the faithful, which is awesome. I love that already as a campus, you know, we see the incredible miracles and provision of the campuses in New Zealand uh, and at North, Central and South. And it's amazing. And I love that for us, not only do we know that God has a future home, a future facility, permanent place for us here, but I love that we're already contributing and putting uh, portions of our legacy into our future building fund. We're already saying this is going to be on a future property that's going to be a community hub. This is going to be a place humming and buzzing with people who believe and don't believe. This is going to be a place where there's going to be cafes and people are going to come in and come out. And then who knows what other aspects. There's going to be so many things, but Excited to let you know that we already have 1.1 million sitting there waiting actively to look towards what we're going to do because of our faithfulness, because of our generosity. And so where we started five years ago to be in that position now is honestly just, it's, it's really a miracle. It's a miracle. See, I have a conviction that at the end of my life, I do not want to have the testimony that says, and then I did this, and then I did that. And then I made that decision, and then I enabled that to happen, and then I, and then I, and then I, and then I. I want to be someone at the end of my life that has no other testimony that but God did, and then I thought this, but then God did, and then but God, and then God opened that, and then God opened this, and then God opened that. Every time I, someone comes to a home for the first time, I say, hey, welcome to the home that God built. Because people look at it and go, oh, so they do pay you well being a pastor. No. Well, yes, but no. You know, like, I've got no grimes towards it because that's not what it's about. But it's like, this isn't, this isn't us. No smarts could have done this. No wisdom could have enabled this. No smart planning or forecasting could have got you into that position. But God, but God, we left everything. We sold up and we just stepped out. And then look at what God has done. But God, I love how the Bible says he's no man's debtor. <laughs> Come on, what do, you, what do you feel like you're sacrificing you don't say, I don't, I know, it's a sacrifice in the moment, but actually it's an investment because it's actually setting you up for what God actually truly has in store. It's amazing. I love that. I got a text message uh, yesterday from one of our great guys uh, in church here and an awesome family. And he just said to me, um, hope you have an awesome weekend. Uh, believing in a miracle. I'm going to put an offer on a house that in reality a year ago we had no chance at all. Just wondering if you would pray with us, believe, really believing that this year uh, the roots of our family and God's timing is unquestionable. A few spelling, you know, typos in there, uh, which was fun to try and negotiate. But so I said to you, mate, standing with you 100%, we've seen it in our own family and I can believe it for yours. Declaring favor in Jesus' mighty name. And then he said, amen. Sorry about the typos. Uh, <laughs> just a bit excited. 9.39 p.m. We got the house. Praise God. So good. And then I text back, ha ha, how good is God? <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, a little blurry eyed at that time. But 
You know what, we have had an incredible three days of prayer and fasting at the start of this week and so grateful to everybody who came out or maybe you couldn't make it out but you're committed to that time. I really trust God to put something in your spirit and enlarged you. But uh, Rita and I had a moment and I think the second night where we were believing for just the, the breakthrough that God has in store. We're believing for the, uh, the 45 million to, to come in. We're believing for the future buildings that we've got. We're believing that that's going to require a lot of resource and I felt stirred in that moment. God say, it's not about waiting for it to come out, come out of there. It's about what God's going to rise up in here. Obviously, those who are going to futurely become a part of church is exciting. And I just felt stirred in that moment. Come on, we're going to keep standing and praying and believing for breakthrough and favor. Come on, over our lives for what God has is not the limit of where we are, but that God wants to release more. Is there anybody who wants to live that life? Come on, where there is breakthrough, where there is increase. Come on, there's expansion in your business. There's expansion in your endeavors. Come on, if that's you, lift your hand. Father, we stand here as your children, knowing that if a natural dad can give good gifts, how much more would you do for those children? Lord, because you are a great and you are a good God. So we stand here believing for increase, God. Lord, because you know that we're not looking to say, gimme, 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 my middle name's Jimmy. But God, we want to see your kingdom built. We want to see your name lifted up. We want to see people restored. We want to see lives transformed. Father, but we're not asking, Lord, hoping that somewhere where one day, use us, we pray. Father, I pray, Lord, give us insight and wisdom. Like Solomon prayed, God, give us wisdom, give us wisdom, give us wisdom. And then give us this tenacity, give us the boldness, the courage to step out in faith as you lead, because you are faithful. And everybody said, amen, amen. Question, when was the last time something happened where only God could get the glory? When was the last time something happened in your life where only God, that was only God. And can I encourage you, believer or unbeliever, that you tell about it, do not take the credit. Just don't take it. You have neighbours around for dinner soon and, and stuff like that, and they, you know, haven't been around yet. And I was just thinking, oh, I wonder if I'm going to tell them if this is the house that God built. You know, or is this the house that Bentley Homes built? No, this is the house that God built. Why? Because it just creates curiosity. It creates a question. Come on. Wow. Really? I just thought they looked like tradies. That's what God like looks like. Yeah. We'll negotiate that part as it happens, but come on, give him the credit. Don't take the credit. Give him all the credit. All right, that's point one. We've got nine. <laughs> Number two, we've got to go quick. A legacy lived life is a, com- is a kingdom commissioned life. It's a kingdom commissioned life. What's your life's mission or vision statement? Or what's your life like if you had a goal? What's your life's goal? You know, what's the thing that you, you dream? I didn't know what that was for me for a long time growing up. And the fire invitation uh, of me trying to get a job with this guy. He said, why don't you come hang out on a sad day? And we're sitting in a hot tub. Didn't expect that to happen. With him and a South African guy who knew what was going to happen. And, uh, and we're sitting there. And we're chatting, and he just goes, what's your dream? What do you see? You know, and, and I, was, uh, I had dreamed to snowboard and get paid for it and done that at 18 years old and realized, man, that was a shallow dream. It's cool to be on the other side of the world snowboarding and getting paid for it, but my gosh, that's empty. A lot of the things that this world is dreaming for is never going to give them what they're desiring and what they're looking for. And he said, what do, you, what do you love? And I said, yeah, I love young people. I've got a real heart for at-risk youth, and I've got a real passion for adventure sports. And he goes, we're going to go for a run for 10 minutes. When we get back, I want to hear what your, your vision is, your mission is. And he ran away and he came back and he said, what is it? I said, it might sound weird, but I said, I just got a heart. I've got a vision, mission to run. 
camps for at-risk young people that are held in like you know, outdoor locations where we go whitewater rafting and we go, you know, climbing and, and mountain bike and all this kind of stuff. And then at night we'll have come, people come and speak who are, who are believers, but they're not going to, you know, just throw big Christian messages at people. They're going to speak hope and they're going to speak life and their testimony is going to help them grab a hold that God's with them as well. And, and, and that's what I dream. And he goes, awesome. So cool, man. High five. Great. You know, well, we've got something else we've got to go to, you know, like, and it was amazing that that really stirred in me, sparked in me, my real heart for youth ministry. I have not yet run those camps, but this, the, the vision and the dream is still in my heart. The thing about a kingdom vision, a kingdom dream, doesn't mean that's the only thing you achieve, but it sure sets you on the pathway that God has in His ultimate picture. So my question is, if I was to ask you the question differently, what's your kingdom vision? What's your kingdom mission? What's your kingdom dream? Does it change? Because I'd like to challenge us and say that it shouldn't. It shouldn't. When we put the word kingdom in front of your vision, your dream, or I just ask you, what's your vision, your dream? I'm not telling you to add Christianese to it. I'm just asking you, is it something God wants to birth and use and be able to do something through your life that doesn't just be about your life, but actually is about pointing people to His life? Come on, He can use it as an influence. Come on, there's every sphere of our society is a place where we can be used for God's purpose. How do you know that? Because 1 Peter 1, 2 says, you were chosen according to the purpose of God, the Father, and, that, and you were made holy by His Spirit. To obey Jesus Christ and to be purified by His blood, may grace and peace be yours in full measure. So you were created with this purpose. Your passions, your desires you have, God created them. He put them in there. Oh, I used to think when I got saved, oh gosh, man, now, now I, you know, I can't actually take the weekend and go snowboarding and I can't surf very much because that seems a little bit too much fun and you know I can't do all these I thought that it was like oh remove everything fun in your life and here we go here's the great glorious God-giving serving life go and give everything away you've got nothing anymore that's not what God desires he put the passions he put the desires he put the skills he put the talents within your life but for it not to be measured by just what you can do with it but what he can do with it he wants to do something exceptional through your life but it's got to point people to his kingdom. Come on, I love that my father-in-law runs a pet food business where every day he drives and he meets people knocking on their doors or, or um, delivering their, 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 their food, their pet food and all this other stuff. But he's, he's a pastor to the community. The vehicle he has is business, but he's a pastor to the community. So rather than looking at what you're doing is, oh, that's, no, that could just be the vehicle to the staff room you sit in. That's just the vehicle to be sitting around the people you get to sit next to. The coffee, the place that you get to go to and you get to know their name. Like everywhere we go, we can have kingdom purpose attached to it. There's a bigger cause. What's God? And that starts at the start of the day going, God, would you just lead me? Remember this faithful life that I want to live? Would you just help me? Give me a prompt. Give me a moment. Let me encourage someone. Let me just say hello. Let me smile to the person who looks down. Let me just, and you just watch how God starts to extend and your influence starts to use that influence. Come on, we need incredible business people with a kingdom purpose. We need incredible sports people with a kingdom purpose. We need incredible mums and dads with a kingdom purpose. Come on, I'm not just trying to get them out the door to school. No, no, I'm setting them up to win. Zion Hope, you're a leader, not a follower. So in that moment, don't follow the crowd. Be a leader in that moment. Come on, we're setting them up. We're sending them out. I believe everybody in this room, God has purposely put you here. Whether you're yet to understand the entirety of God and, his, and his, his love and all of that, or whether you've been in church your whole life, or whether you're looking for a new church, I just feel like God's put you here. 
Come on, he wants you to be here to help advance and extend and, and, and enable his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Don't you love that? That's what the, he says. How do you want us to pray? He says simply this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're the man. Just start of the day, you're the man. You know, I'm not, you are. You know, can we just put that out there? You want to live a kingdom purposed life? Uh, then I put this one later, but a kingdom purposed living life is one where it's that, declare, that declares God's word is the truth. He is the boss, Christ is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is my provider. That was number nine. I thought that's good for a sub number two. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I love it. You know, Derek and Bex, who recently, a great part of our church, but gone to Canada and believing and praying them back to Australia. But he posted this morning on Instagram, um, that uh, he just got a job getting paid for live entertainment in the international airport in Canada, which is pretty cool. And so he posted a video of him playing. What's he playing? He's playing Reckless Love. Talking about the overwhelming, singing of the overwhelming, uh, endless love of God in the middle of an airport. It's, it's more available if we're just willing to step out. It's more there if we're just willing to realize, hey, what's the vehicle I got? What's the vehicle I got? Because I got a message that needs to be shared. Come on, ask yourself the question, how much in us is simply just about us? Come on, how much is it just about me? Come on, understand this, it doesn't just stop at salvation, but consistently pursues transformation. He doesn't just want to save us. Come on, He wants to heal, restore, deliver, redeem, renew, transform, so that in turn we will see the same outworked from us to others so that we could see this message continue on. I want to read this to you because I've been really enjoying this book called uh, God is Good by Bill Johnson. And, um, and I, I read this a couple of nights ago and I thought, oh, it's just so, so awesome in regards to this whole kingdom. And he's speaking positively uh, in regards to this whole subject, all right? So the church says, the church has largely replaced the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of salvation. It's the beauty of the salvation message that makes it so easy to miss the fact that it actually is only a part of the message, not the whole message that Jesus gave us. The gospel of salvation is focused on getting people saved and going to heaven. Can I get an amen? The gospel of the kingdom is focused on transforming of lives, cities, and nations through the effect of God's present rule. This is made manifest, or this is made possible, by bringing the reality of heaven now to earth. This is what we get to do. We get to bring heaven to earth, right? This is awesome. We must not confuse our destiny with our assignment. Heaven is my destiny, while bringing the kingdom is my assignment. Come on, once we're saved, we don't settle. <laughs> once we're saved, we're secure, yes, but we don't settle. We don't stay there. We don't sit there. We don't go, oh, all good for me. Let me just go to church and eat, nom, 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 nom. Do your own week, come back next week, nom, nom, feed me, pasta, nom, nom. No, 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 no. God wants to pour in you so you've got something to pour out of you. Like he wants it to be, you want to come in hungry. I want to come in hungry. If, there's, if I'm looking for food in the house, I better be hungry to eat it. Otherwise, we just become obese. The focus of the kingdom message, I don't know where all that came from. That was, that was obviously just the Lord. Uh, the focus of the kingdom's, kingdom message is the rightful dominion of God over everything. Whatever is inconsistent with heaven, namely disease, torment, hatred, division, and sin habits, 
must come under the authority of the king. This is pretty cool. These kinds of issues have broken off people's lives because inferior realms cannot stand wherever the dominion of God uh, becomes you know, manifest. As we succeed in displaying this message, we are positioned to bring about cultural change in education, business, politics, the environment, and other essential issues that we face today. How awesome is that? Come on, I'm, we're not here just for salvation. We're here for transformation. We're not just here to build my house. Come on, we're building God's house. It's about His kingdom. So good. We never graduate, by the way. We never get it all right. We've got to keep on pressing in, as Philippians 3 says. Third one, and I'm, I've got to stop, but I love it just because it ties in with what Danny said in worship. Uh, a legacy lived life is a self-surrendered life. It's a self-surrendered life. Surrendering to God requires us to be dependent on the unknown of God over the security of what I can see. I've got to be dependent on the unknown things that I don't know, but God knows over the things that I can see and I can secure. Security, the wanting to have control, the wanting to have it all in our own ability is the enemy of surrender. We've got to let go of our security being in our ability and our efforts and our talents and our understanding. And we've got to hand that to God. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.